What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, Friday edition, the final regular season picks podcast of the year. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. This is the daily CBS Sports NFL podcast, even over Christmas break, even when we have to slap together a quasi-crappy-sounding quasi 20-minute uh, podcast with me and John Breach. We did it. We slapped it together. We're getting through the holidays, uh, but now we got a great show for you today. This is the Picks Podcast. Joining us once again, Nick Costos. What's up, buddy? Merry Christmas to everybody. Santa Costos is here to dole out some winners or some losers. I yeah. guess we'll find out momentarily. And, of course, also here, Pete Prisco. Mr. Pete, how you doing? What is up, fellas? And Mr. R.J. White, what's going on? How you doing, Brinson? I am doing great. I am home after my travels. Um, a few things to take care of and, you know, all of that. Maybe warm up the office a little bit. I'm wearing a, a, a beanie or a toboggan or whatever you call it. Multiple jackets. It's freezing up here. That's okay. Uh, uh, We're about hold to get on. Hot. A, a, a toboggan is a sled. You yep. don't wear a toboggan. What are you talking about? I, I call this a toboggan. It's a, it's a, no. Well, yes, yes. And, and I could call the shirt that I'm wearing. I, 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 I could call it the sun. It doesn't make it true. Well, it's not a toboggan. Here's something. It's not that, a toboggan. A toboggan. Nick is right. A, a toboggan is yeah. something you get on and you go down the hill with. That's called yeah. a sled, you clown. Hey, Brinson. No, it's a toboggan. I like your toboggan, Brinson. Thank you, RJ. I like Good. two more, two morons. Congratulations. Um, well, the two, unfortunately, it was, uh, Pete. Who, who was not the moron this week. I was, I can't get a segue for that. Whatever. Here's the, here's what I'm trying to say is that Nick is now in last place by himself with a one and four week in the super contest last week. Pete, a half point ahead of him after going four and one. I maintained a one point lead over Pete at 41 and a half, but after going two and three and I'm knocking on RJ's door after RJ went one and four, a rough week for RJ week 16. This week 17 guys is the hardest week of the year, depending on, you know, because you, you, you don't know who's going to play. You don't know the motivation of different teams. Um, and it's tough to pick on the podcast. Pick them. I'm the only one who went above 500. Woohoo. Last week, nine and seven plus four. That leaves me minus 27 for the year. Really got to hammer something home in, in week 17 to, to get in the positive. RJ seven and nine for minus five points plus 50 on the year. Pete seven and nine minus five points minus two on the year. And Nick in his only appearance, eight and eight minus six on the year. Now, for those that don't know, we're going to, we assign values to these games. Every game on the slate, four point game is a, uh, is a lock. We each have one four-point game, and then you could do three, two, and one for all the other games, depending on your confidence level of those games. Let's get to the locks. First up, the New Orleans Saints, RJ. You like a minus eight and a half against Carolina, even though the Saints have clinched the number one seed and home field advantage throughout. Yeah, and it seems like the market disagrees with me because they put out eight and a half for the contest. It's come down to seven and a half as of Thursday. We'll see where it goes from there. But if this was Breeze versus Kyle Allen for 60 minutes and the Saints had something to play for, this line would be like Saints minus 20. You know, you got the best team in the league against a team that's quit, lost, what, six, seven in a seven, row. Seven in a uh, row, yeah. So so I, I don't think you get away. I think if you make it minus 17 and a half, people are going to hammer the Saints in that case. So now we're getting into eight and a half, and it's not like the Saints are throwing out a Cooper Rush or a, or a Kyle Allen themselves. You know, it's Teddy Bridgewater. The guy can, was a first round pick. He's playing for a contract. You know, the guys, the players, that's what they care about is the money. So they want to play well for him, get him that, that free agent deal, get him as a starter somewhere. So even if Breeze sits for most of the game, Kamara and Thomas don't play much. You can't really sit everyone. They're not going to be able to sit a ton of people on the defensive side. It's not preseason. You know, you only get 46 players on your roster, on your active roster um, for the game. Um, so the Saints have one of the best, NFL's best backups at quarterback. I don't think Carolina shows up because they're playing their third string quarterback and they know it's a lost season with all these losses. So eight and a half seems like not that much to me. I, I would throw it in any teaser and feel confident they're going to win the game. I don't think anybody disagrees. Pete, you're the next strongest. You have New Orleans as a two. You like the Saints? Yeah, I'm just a little concerned about who plays and how they play it. But, I mean, Kyle Allen, give me a break. Plus, he didn't go to ASU, and he's from Scottsdale, so that, I'll hold that against him. Um. <laughs> uh, by the way, a uh, good point made by uh, our colleague Kevin Skiver, in, um, or Skiver, excuse me, in, uh, in Slack. Um, he noted that Drew Brees is at, uh, I think, 3,992 yeah, he just needs, He needs like 18 yards to get to 4,000 again. Right. He, he will. Yeah, and so I would expect that you see Brees play that first series, maybe the first quarter, 
and then kind of sling it around and, and, and show some stuff. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he got another touchdown pass. Uh, you know, here's the interesting thing, I think, Nick, and I'm curious your thoughts on this. Pete, I know, I know you have thoughts on this, but there's an MVP battle going on right now. And if Drew Brees wants to win MVP, he might need some big stats, Nick, in week 17. If you're to hold on, if you're to try to beat Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes has to beat the Raiders. So one would think he's going to play most of the game, if not at least a half or three quarters. Is there any reason to play Drew Brees and try and get in that hardware? No, because what happens if he gets hurt? Then it's the biggest disaster of all time. They've already got home field advantage locked up. I, I would not play Drew Brees for one snap in this game. Maybe get him those 20 yards, but like, God forbid Drew Brees tears an ACL and then the, the Sean Payton's raked over the coals from now until until the end of time. Um, I, it's really funny, right? RJ mentioned the line movement in this game, which is towards the Carolina Panthers, but I'm with RJ and I'm with Pete. I, I like the Saints here in this spot, and this is the Teddy Bridgewater free agent showcase game. So you know Bridgewater's going to come out. He's going to try and play well. Bridgewater's going to be in line for a starting job or at least get signed to a big backup deal by the Saints, and they name him the heir apparent basically to Breeze whenever Breeze retires. And RJ's right. The Panthers have quit. They've lost seven straight games. And I think the Saints are going to thump him, whether it's Bridgewater, whether it's Drew Brees, get Taysom Hill some snaps at quarterback. Is Garrett Grayson still on the roster? Saints win. Saints win by double digits. Not a strong play for me, but I will roll with Bridgewater over Kyle Allen. Yeah, and I agree with you. I like the Saints here in this spot just because the Panthers have quit and they're giving up. But they do want to try and fight for Ron Rivera's job. Don't think it'll be enough. Uh, Saints win big. I also think that the Minnesota Vikings, minus four and a half against the Chicago Bears. That's my lock of the week. I'm head-to-head a little bit with RJ on this one. Once again, I had the Vikings earlier in the season. But the difference is the Chicago Bears, I believe, basically are locked into the number three seed. I understand that they can still get a bye if the Los Angeles Rams were to lose to the uh, to the San Francisco 49ers. I think that Matt Nagy is un- uh, understands enough of his situation, both above and that the Rams are going to win, and below, which is that he'd rather play the Vikings again than deal with the suddenly resurgent Eagles. And even though he's heard from Doug Peterson, who they're, they're old colleagues, they coach together in Kansas City under Andy Reid, uh, and Doug Peterson's like, I need you to step up. I also believe that uh, that Mike Grow spoke to Vic Fangio and said that he he needs him to I need your best this week. I don't care. The Bears aren't the Bears aren't trotting these guys out, RJ. Akeem Hicks isn't gonna play with a banged up ankle. Mitchell Trubisky's not gonna get hurt in this game. Uh they're gonna play Chase Daniels, they're gonna play their backups, they're gonna get the rest. The Vikings are gonna roll in this when we get into the playoffs. Yeah. Who cares if Mitchell Trubisky's playing or not? I mean, this do- defense dominated Minnesota in their first game. Minnesota had six points going in, like, what, five minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they scored a couple garbage time touchdowns, made it a little closer of a game. But, you know, you can't, like we were saying, you can't sit everyone. You're going to have to play people. It's not like you can sit Mac and Leonard Floyd and Roquan Smith and Akeem Hicks and all the guys on the, in the front seven. And they're going to get after it against this terrible Minnesota offensive line. They only allowed two sacks versus Chicago in that first meeting. I think they're going to have a much worse time here. Um, and and their offense didn't play well last week as a whole. They were helped by that Hail Mary that they, they shouldn't have got. And then Detroit quit at halftime. And then they Screw pulled. that Hail Mary, by the way. Screw that, that that happened by Lions bet. Lions would have covered if not for that Hail Mary. Damn it. I, I agree. They would have been trying hard, you know, with, with a lead in the second half. And once that happened, they were just in give-up mode. So I think Chicago does play well. I don't think you can assume that the Rams are going to win because what if they lose and you're not trying your hardest and then you end up losing a close game and everybody rakes you over the coals? You know, you could have had that by if you would have just played it smart and, and saw what was happening in that game. So maybe it gets to halftime and it's a blowout and then they rest starters. So uh, Bears first half line is probably a better bet than Bears full game. You know, you probably get plus two and a half since we're looking at four and a half here on the full game line. Um, so I would definitely take Bears plus two and a half in the first half. But they're 11 and four against the spread. They haven't gotten respect in the market all year. And it seems like it's it's continuing here because I think this should be minus three at best for the Vikings. Pete? Uh, Bridgen, how can you sit there and say that it doesn't matter for the Bears? Because you can't go into a game assuming uh, that their outcome is going to happen. Now, it could have, it probably is going to happen, but you've got to play to win the game. You have to play to win the game. Do because a Herm Edwards you impersonation. Your coach at Arizona State, do a Herm impersonation. Yeah. You play to win the game. <laughs> you play to win the game. Of course they're going to play to win the game. Then they'll look up at the scoreboard if the Rams are blowing out the 49ers. Then you change the way you play, but you got to go into that game thinking you're going to win the game. You said they're going to—they're not going to play guys. I think that they'll sit guys who are fringe, who are questionable. I don't think they're going to trot guys out who are questionable and well, risk their health. And... Trot guys out who are questionable to begin with. Well, I, I hate to break it to you, but NFL teams do that. All right, let me ask you this: Do you think Eddie Jackson is going to play? 
Hell no, Eddie Jackson's not playing. Do you think Akeem Hicks is going to play? Probably not. Do you think that anybody who's dealing with – do you think Allen Robinson is going to play? Probably not. And then, like you said, look, again, it's a a four-and-a-half-point line. I mean, I think the Bears will try to win at the outset, but if it's a close game at halftime and they look up and the Rams are winning by 21-3 – to Yeah, but that's not what you – said though that's not what you said the first time you went through that it. isn't what he said okay well what i was trying to say apparently i miscommunicated it what i'm trying to say is that the bears are going to sit guys who are all, anywhere near the fringe and i think if the rams are up early like in the first quarter and it's 21 to 3 and they get they're going to get somebody who's going to alert them to the score and they're going to yank everybody and get the backups in there to try and keep their starters healthy for a playoff matchup they're going to be super bland and vanilla because they're play, they're probably going to play the vikings uh, in the coming week unless they win and then they have to play the Eagles. They're not going to show anything against Minnesota. They don't want to help out a division rival, but they're not going to just let the Eagles in and, and just die, like go all out in this game. They're just not. So let me ask you something. Is this what the line would be if they were trying 100%? No. No. The line no, the line would be Bears minus Vikings, one and a half. No, for Vikings minus one. It'd be, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be right around there. So all your consideration for your maybes and your this is what they're going to look at, this is all already baked into the line. You know, it's they're already getting six yes. points of value according to you because you said the Bears minus one and a half. Um, so I think that's already taken into context, and people know that. People are obviously aware of what the situation is, and they're betting the Vikings accordingly. That's why you're getting minus four and a half. The Bears are the better team, and it's not because of one or two stars. You know, it's not because Mitchell Trubisky is an amazing quarterback. It's because they have a shutdown defense, and they can do that um, in this game against in this matchup against that offensive line, regardless of what the situation is. I'm, so, I'm going to split the difference a little bit here. I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going to agree with Will. I disagree with some of the stuff that Will said, um, but I do agree with Will on the pick for the Minnesota Vikings here. And you got a little reverse line movement supporting that where line was at four. More tickets are on the Bears, but the line's moving up towards the Vikings at either four and a half or five in some shops. And and, and look, and I, I've been killing Kirk Cousins for years, Pete. I don't know. I know you have too. And we think about that game on New Year's Eve couple years ago against the Giants when Cousins was with the Redskins. A meaningless game for the Giants, winning in for the Redskins. Giants go on the road and beat the Redskins in D.C., and Cousins does a proverbial you-know-what down his leg. Um, I don't think it's going to happen this week, mainly because he doesn't have to do it all himself. I think the Vikings defense is going to show up here. Minnesota's going to treat this like the Super Bowl. The Bears aren't going to treat it like the Super Bowl regardless, so that's where I want to split the difference a little bit. I think Will probably went a little bit to one extreme, where I think the Bears will probably meet somewhere in the middle there. I do think the Vikings will win this game, and then I think if and when they play in Wild Card Weekend, I'll take the Bears to win that game. But I think Minnesota wins this game by a touchdown. It falls short of being my best bet, but... Skull! Skull! I'll take the Vikings to cover. All right, your best bet is, however, the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars. Did, I, did we miss a Pete best bet on here that I missed? No, they both have the Jaguars. Oh, you both have the Jaguars. The Jacksonville Jaguars. The if you'd like for fun, I can pivot to the Cleveland Browns. If you guys want. No, no. Totally up to you. Uh, Please stay on the Jaguars. Yeah. Go ahead and explain. Okay. Yeah. Both of you have the lifeless back-to-back road game eliminated Jacksonville Jaguars against a team in the Houston Texans that needs to win to get the, the, the division. Please explain, Nick. You know what? I would because I've heard Pete give his rant on this game already, and I agree with everything that he oh, said about Pete it. Do it. So, so let, Pete, yeah, Pete rant. Pete, go ahead, buddy. All right, I'm going to rant. Ready? Deshaun Watson's on pace to be sacked 60 times. The Jacksonville Jaguar defensive front has come alive in the last month. Remember, they shut out Andrew Luck about what three weeks ago. When they want to play, they play. They're going to want to play in this game, and the reason being, they don't like the Texans at all. They will get after Deshaun Watson. He will turn the ball over. He will uh, get hit a bunch. And on the other side, Blake Bortles is not good when the pressure is on him. There's absolutely no pressure on the guy. Zero. Zippo. He's going to run around a ton. He's going to get outside the pocket because his line isn't good either. And he's going to make an accident play or two down the field to keep this game close. The Texans will win the game. But Deshaun Watson is going to take a brutal beating in this game. And the Jaguars will cover that number. So your reasoning is that Blake Bortles is back. <laughs> yeah, the, the reasoning is their defensive line will abuse Deshaun Watson just like everybody else is. And they're still winning games. They're still ten and five. They're still covering a lot of. Uh, you know, they lost. Well, last- well, well, I mean, to be fair, Pete said the Texans were going to win the game, and I also think the Texans will win the game. I just think the Jaguars will do enough to keep it close. Yeah, I don't know. You make a best bet at, a, at less than a touchdown when you don't think the team's going to win the game. I mean, that's 
Well, they could win the game. Stretch. I mean, uh, at what point? At what point are the Jaguars just going to lay down in this game? Because if they're down fourteen nothing, why are they going to keep fighting? Like, what's the point? The season's over. Well, they're not going to be down fourteen nothing because their defensive line is going to abuse Deshaun Watson. Okay. Like everyone else has, right? Even though they're ten and five. I mean, he is getting sacked. He's the number one sack quarterback in the league. They're still winning games. They're still scoring points. They're still covering a lot of these games. Um, Jacksonville lost twenty to seven to Houston at home with Bortles, and the defensive line had more to play for there. And you know they still lost by thirteen. It's it's a totally it's a totally different spot for Bortles at this point. And Pete's one hundred percent right. And I think Bortles does play well when the pressure's off. The pressure is completely off in this spot here. And Bortles knows he's not coming back next year. And this is basically like we talked about. For Bridgewater, a bit of a free agent showcase. I'm not saying that teams are going to back up the Brinks truck for Blake Bortles or that Bortles is as highly thought of or regarded as Bridgewater because he's not. But Bortles surely knows this, right? If we know it, he's got to know it. And I think he's going to come out and I think he's going to play well. And I think the Jaguars are going to keep this game within that number. Texans struggled with the Jets two weeks ago to barely eat that game out. I think that's contradictory to say he has nothing to play for. But also this is a free agent showcase. So he's going to show teams how good he is. And there's no pressure, but he needs to play well because he has to, you know, bait it. He doesn't need to play well. He did. Look, the bottom line is he knows that his situation in Jacksonville is probably done. And nobody's going to sign him to a big money deal. And and so there's no pressure on him. He's going to go play loose. He's not my worry in this game. The worry is their offensive line, by the way. Well, uh, you get to fade Blake Bortles on the road one last time. I'm going to take that opportunity. Houston plays well at home against bad teams, and Jacksonville is a bad team. Houston has the number one rush D per DVOA, and so Jacksonville is going to need Blake Bortles to play well in this game, and I just don't see it happening on the road against a te- with a team that is I, I don't think shows up for this game. I don't see why they're going to travel and play well in this game. So uh, Houston, Houston minus 6.5, pretty easy pick for me. Yeah, I was surprised that you guys, I mean, I, I guess I'm not surprised because it feels like one of those things where Pete's buying into one last hurrah for his man down in his city. Save Jacksonville, save Bortles, free Blake, go Coughlin. I mean, you know, that sort of stuff. And, and Nick, you know, spends enough time with Pete that on, on, you know, either on set or, or via tele- video teleconference for CBS Sports HQ because they both are the, you know, the, the faces and voices. Should, of should, that, should, of should we program. interrupt Will here or let him keep hanging himself with his ridiculous comments? You know, would you rather, would you, would I well, rather Nick's, get a Nick's been, right? Nick's been, you call me a, one last to Robert Jackson. Would I rather get a pick right to beat you in the contest, or would I rather d- pick an idiot game? Think about it, Princeton. I, I don't think. I think. I think you're just going to pick wrong. I might take the Texans just to spite you. Do I, it. I do, do it. I do have the uh, the Texans as a three here. The, the motivation's not there. The Blake Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. No, but there's no pressure on Blake Bortles. He's going to show up and be great against JJ Watt. It ain't going to happen. Bortles is going to get his face stomped. He's going to throw two pick sixes. The Texans are going to roll in this game. The Jaguars are going to wave the white flag, walk away, and Houston will run the ball and get around that same the- defense that gave up over 500 yards last week. The Nick. Foles? Nick, Nick Foles is substantially better than Blake Bortles. Nick he Foles. is better than Blake Bortles, but you act like their defense is good. Sam Darnold carved them to shreds a couple weeks ago. They're good against bad offenses. Sam Darnold's better than Blake Bortles, too. Yeah, well, is the Jets a good offense, RJ? Okay, you, I mean, you, you can't find any consistency over 16 Have games. the Eagles been a good offense, every, RJ? Every thing has happened. Yeah, Eagles have been a good offense the last couple weeks. Well, one of those games was against them. I mean, I just don't understand, like, like the Jaguars have scored Look, here's the deal. over thirty We're points twice this season. Contest. You two put in the Texans, and me and me and Brinson and me and Nick will put in the Jaguars. How about it? You brainwashed Costos into losing this one. That's good for you, Pete. All right, agree to disagree. Those are the locks. These are uh, games we feel strongly about, but there is a significant disagreement. Let's go straight to that Cleveland-Baltimore game that Nick hinted at. Nick, almost a lock here with the Browns. Uh, you have them as a three. I, I highly disagree with you, but tell me why you like Cleveland in this spot. It's the Baker Mayfield FU factor. That that's that's really all it comes down to. And I'll and I'll say this, um, and I tweeted this a couple times. I've been watching the NFL on a, on an obsessive basis since the 1990 season. Um, this is one of the two or three best regular seasons that I can remember in terms of excitement and game quality. The officiating's obviously been bad, but for me personally, it hasn't ruined it at all. I've loved this NFL season, and there is no game that I, I don't think maybe the Chiefs-Rams Monday night game. I think there's a chance that I am more excited for the Browns-Ravens game this Sunday than I was for that Chiefs. Rams Monday night game because there's so much juicy stuff at play here whether it's part one Baker and Lamar Jackson which could end up being 
could the preeminent quarterback in division rivalry here over the next 10 years. I mean, there are others that you could potentially come up with, but that's going to be a really good one. You've got the Ravens, right, who are running this completely antithetical offense to what everything else that's going on in the NFL right now with the run game and defense that I find really compelling and really fascinating. You've got Baker Mayfield on his own personal FU tour with the chance to cement himself as a Browns legend as a rookie by knocking the team that Cleveland left for back in the mid-90s to go to Baltimore by knocking them out of the playoffs and FU to Pittsburgh being, hey, we got you into the playoffs and now – We're coming for that ass twice a year for the next 10 years. So I just think there's so much juiciness in this game here. And I think it really comes down to this. You can either do a narrative street breakdown of this game, or you can do a statistical breakdown of this game. I'll leave the stats to the nerds, to you guys. For me, I'm going with the narrative breakdown here, and it's the Baker Mayfield double middle finger game. Baker Mayfield plays well enough to keep this game inside the number. I do think the Ravens will win because they're playing at home, and because they've got the division on the line here, but I do think the Browns are going to keep this game close enough because of, again, the Baker Mayfield double middle finger factor. I don't know what the acronym for that is. Cleveland plays well enough to cover the spread. Um, I look, I, I agree with you completely on the Baker Mayfield thing. I have been trumpeting Baker Mayfield as someone who will burn you to the ground just because you spited him. Like, just, did, just, did you see the Mark Andrews quote, by the way? Sorry to interrupt you, but Mark Andrews, the Ravens rookie tight end, said yesterday or this morning on Thursday morning, Baker's a killer. He's coming to ruin our season. Yeah. He knows he played with Baker at Oklahoma. And I, I don't know if he's going to outright ruin it, but I think that it's going to be close. Here's, here's and the- remember, we saw this last year, Ravens winning in, albeit with Joe Flacco, couldn't get it done against the Bengals. Different team, better defense, but there is a history here of this Ravens team choking in Week 17 at home. Here's Baker's quote recently on staring down Hugh Jackson. I do not get why people have a problem with football being a competitive sport. You're supposed to play with emotion. You're supposed to play with passion. Quite honestly, if you do not like like it, whatever. Football is not meant to be a soft game. Pete Prisco couldn't care less. These guys want to burn people to the ground. They want to take everybody out. But here's the problem, Nick. When you look at what Baker Mayfield has done this year, he has been tremendous since taking over. I believe he should be the rookie of the year. I love the fact that he sent set Hugh Jackson on fire twice and kept throwing it seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. But if you were to pinpoint two spots where Baker Mayfield struggled, and I don't, it would be, it's two obvious ones. And they were later in the season, they were on the road and they were against top 10 defenses by DVOA at Houston. I know he finished with almost 400 yards, but he threw three interceptions. That game was over early. And then at Denver, they won the game, but he completed less than 60% of his passes, was under 200 passing yards. They had an interception, a bad one. They only won because Vance Joseph is a clown shoes who's getting fired and decided to kick that field goal. And when you look at the defense by DVOA in Baltimore, they are the number two defense. Significantly worse than Chicago, I get it, but they are one of the best defenses in football and they are going to limit Baker Mayfield, put pressure on him, and then be able to run the ball effectively against the Cleveland Browns, who have fallen down to 21st in DVOA and rush defense. Baltimore is on cruise control in this game to try and win the division. They will smash Cleveland in this spot. Well, I disagree with you, and I'm on the side of uh, of Nick. By the way, oh, yeah, God, Baker's going to fight you, Jackson. Wow, what a tough guy. Go ahead. I want to see it. Go rip them to shreds. But wait, wait, what, what do you if they fought? Oh, what do you, you play a tough guy attitude? Give me a break. He wait, stares wait, wait, him wait, down. Wait, wait, That's wait. classless. Look, I love Baker. Hey, hey Pete, the, Pete, are they playing football or this is an MMA battle? What do you? What do you who well, he acted like fight? it was an MMA battle. The way he went over there and acted like he stared at him. He stared uh, at him. See, see, this is very interesting because I would have bet a lot of money that Pete would have been on the side of Baker Mayfield. No, this, not Pete. Look, I love because Pete's always like, oh, I love it. Like, 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 oh, they're not robots. Like, they, no, like, they no, expect I them to be like that. They're not. I'm all for it. And I love the way he acts. But show some respect. Show a little bit of respect to the coach on the sideline. What, he's why not he, the coach. He's the assistant. He's Dwight Schrute why in Cincinnati. Why, would you, why is he on the sideline? Why don't why you is work he mad at him? Because he, he's a weasel who stabbed everybody in the back, played power you games. No, you just, this is a perfect example of Will Brinson Twitter police. You don't know anything about you, Jackson. You don't know the man. You don't know who he is. You're just jumping on what everybody else says. All right. So tell me about Hugh Jackson and the good person that he is. He is a good person. He's not a great football coach. I'll give you that, but he's a good person. So why, why, why do you back Baker Mayfield doing that? I don't get it. It's childish. 
I don't mind having the confidence and the swagger and the attitude and flexing your muscles when you make a throw a touchdown pass or whatever you do. But to have respect, a little bit of respect for the for for the game and, maybe, and somebody who's a coach in the league. Maybe Baker Mayfield thought it was disrespectful of Hugh Jackson to when, after he left Cleveland. Still, he being, was fired. Well, he's still being paid by the Browns. He didn't have to take that job with the Bengals on the sidelines. That's that is a ridiculous. Like people that say that, I mean, that's one of the, the dumber things that you can tell because Hugh t- took a job. He got fired, and now he took another. Who it's cares? Fire. He knew he was playing the Browns and Baker twice. He oh, went to their arch rival. Who cares? If you, no, 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 no. The sheep, the sheep police are here. I don't agree with everything Pete just said, but I do agree with that. I, I disagree with almost everything he said except for that. I don't have a problem with Hugh Jackson taking the job. Yeah, but it kind of sounds like you no, do. I have no problem with Hugh Jackson taking the job, but I also have no problem with Baker Mayfield feeling be getting mad that Hugh Jackson took the job. He's supposed to be his coach, Great. his mentor, the guy who's supposed to like like coach him up and and make him a great quarterback in the NFL. And he gets it doesn't work out, and so he's like, "Hey, I'm going to the Bengals." And he knows they're playing the Browns twice, and he's on the sideline. At least go to the freaking booth, like Why? sit up there, because you're just rubbing it. You're trying to rub it. Hold in on, let face. me. Can I ask a question here for everybody? And it's a yes or no. So no, nothing else except for yes or no. RJ first, Will then Pete. Would you want Baker Mayfield to be the quarterback of your favorite football team? Yes or no, RJ? Hell. Will? Hell yes. Hell yes. Yes. Me too. Case closed. Who cares? All right. RJ, it, RJ, RJ has a case for the Ravens here too, by the way. Yeah, so the Ravens. <laughs> who, by the way, are going to win by 25 points. <laughs> so speaking of Hugh Jackson, the Ravens in this game. Uh, no, Will covered most of my points. You know, he's talked about how the narrative is this, and it's funny to me that Will is finally on the other side of the narrative for once. Usually he's the one that's yeah. playing narrative angles. Um, but, yeah, he made some good points. Cleveland struggles on the road against good Ds. Scored 17 points at Denver, 13 points at Houston. Baltimore's Ds, excellent at home. Held four of their last five overall to 17 points or less. That's regardless of road and weight. Road or home, so they're playing really well right now. And Cleveland's defense, D, it, weakness is the run. Baltimore won't abandon it like Denver did. Denver could have ran all over them, and they decided they wanted to evaluate Case Keenum for some reason and threw the ball 50 times with Case Keenum, which I will never get because I took Denver in that game and was flabbergasted. So this this is, should be a great matchup. You know, both these teams won five of their last six. They're both top four in DVA since week 11, so it should be a great matchup on the field. I just think Baltimore's strengths play to Cleveland's weaknesses, and I don't know that Baker's going to come in and beat a Baltimore team that's number two in DVOA, playing really well, and needs this game to win to get to the playoffs. So I think Baltimore covers. I don't think they run away with it, but it's six-point line. I think they win by seven, eight points, something around there. RJ, which ass cheek do you have the letters DVOA tattooed on, left or right? Uh, on uh, Chris goes left. He goes across them, I think he told me once. He has DVO on one one side and OA on the other. I love it. Pete, Pete. And you know what's even better? Because RJ actually does all his homework and does all the DVOA stuff and everything. Now we hear Brinson chiming in with the same crap. Well, that's because RJ's, cause RJ's the best at it and Will, Will is like he is with the Will. Twitter police riding the Twitter police coattails. Right. Will's trying to ride RJ's Will. coattails to a Was your nickname when you were growing up Baby Sheep because you followed everybody in school? <laughs> ah, <laughs> bye! Here, Will's here! Hey, anybody want a beer? Bah, bah. <laughs> Are you, I'm confused. Are you like making fun of high school me? Is that what I'm like? I'm making fun of all of you. You're the sheep. You follow everybody. You're, you're easy. You're easy. Follow. You follow. You're in. Well, 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 to be fair, last year, week one, 2017 season, Pete kept asking for, I guess someone had M&Ms and we made him clap like a seal and we would throw him M&Ms and he, he clapped and like a seal and did the, or, 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 and, and you, Jamie Eisenberg was there to, for is there, is there not a gift? Is there not a gift? of this we need to give her no there's no video of it but he clapped like a baby seal and made the noise and we threw m&ms into his mouth well good you guys can make fun of each other now because you nick have detroit as a three pete has green bay as a two explain to me why you have uh detroit as a three by the way if pete were an animal if i'm a sheep what is pete what is the smallest tannest animal out there with no, well, fur, I would a say, furless, I would say, a furless, I'd, tan, I'd, small I'd a honey dog. badger, but somebody already took that one. Oh, yeah, yeah crab. Oh, that's pretty good. A he what? is like a crab. You I are, like you are a crab. Yeah, under crab, the crab sea, I kill under the sea. <laughs> I don't Chris like goes, that. Chris I don't like this. Sebastian from the Little Mermaid. <laughs> I don't like this sand. It's too sandy. Get out of here, sand. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. For the, the Lions. Um, 
Yeah, I just think it's too many points, and Stafford usually plays well against against Green Bay, and I think you know Stafford's really struggled, obviously. Uh, I think this Lions offense is going to put some points up in this game, and I think Green Bay is a little overvalued because of the way the Jets game ended, and I think Detroit will probably lose, but I think this is going to be a close game, and I think Stafford's going to have similar numbers to Aaron Rodgers here, so I think the Lions will fall inside that number. I Look, I, I, Rodgers looked like he was enthused and excited to play last week, and you don't ever go against Joe Philbin. Hmm. Um, you never go against Joe. Give me a break. I, but I just think that the Packers will, will show up, and I don't think the Lions will. I think they hate Matt Patricia, uh, and I think that that's going to show up here. Plus, he might be a little late to the game anyways. He's been late to a lot of things, supposedly. <laughs> Did you see that? Yeah, he, yeah, he uh, shows up late to team meetings, and and an ex player apparently complained to whatever Stafford? reporter that was reporting that. No, no, uh, Patricia, because oh, Patricia yeah. was late to like media availability on Wednesday. Plus, I think Stafford's hurt. I think he's really hurt, and I think something's going to come out after the season to show that he's played through it. I just think the Packers are the better team right here. I play the Packers. Right, that was a typo for me. I meant to have the Packers as a three point play, not the Lions. Did you really? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Matt, look, Matthew Stafford's been very bad. Um, that's why I like the, uh, that's why I like the, the Packers. And I think it's a bit of a, like, hey, let's prove something. Do you know, I mean, the last time that Matthew Stafford threw two touchdowns in a game, two touchdowns in a game, was November 11th. Um, since they played Minnesota on, since the start of November, Matthew Stafford is completing 65% of his passes, which is fine. He's averaging 199.9 yards per game, and he has five touchdowns and five interceptions. This is this is an underreported storyline in the NFL, just how terrible his statistics have been, because for years he was a stat monster, and it's not like they're winning these games. Uh, you know, they're two and six in that stretch. The Lions are just a bad football team, and if – Matt Patricia was Steve Wilkes and not some Belichick like disciple who was hired by his old buddy that he used to work with. He's getting fired in year one. Yeah, play some uh, some pretty good defenses in those games though. I think Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo. I think they were at Buffalo. So Arizona. Who knows? Um, I wanted to like Green Bay in this game. You know, they played well under Philbin, two wins and a close loss at Chicago, which I'm not going to ding them too much for. That win at the Jets seemed to be their best offensive game of the year, so they look to be peaking at the the right time. And they've lost three straight to Detroit, so they should be looking for revenge. But non-playoff teams, when they're playing other non-playoff teams in Week 17, and they're favored by seven or more, it's six and 15 against the spread since 2003. So when neither of these teams have anything to play for. You just don't see the the one team favored by this many points over another. So just playing that trend, I put Detroit as a one. Um, just thinking maybe it's a little lower scoring game. Green Bay kind of proved their point last week, and maybe they come down and we see something like a seventeen ten here. But I wouldn't. I'm not. I don't feel strongly about it either way. I feel, that's what I. That's what I meant to lead my analysis. By the way, was that stat I forgot? Um, I feel pretty strongly about the Kansas City Chiefs minus thirteen and a half against the Oakland Raiders. I understand that the Chief, the Raiders have been playing hard. I hit the Raiders money line on uh, on Christmas Eve. Pretty excited. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, very pleased. Um, watched some terrific CBS Sports HQ after that game. Pete and Nick grinding their little fannies off, trying to work on Christmas Eve. So proud of you guys. Uh, Pete actually texted me. No, hold on. Wait, just for the record, we weren't trying to work. We were working, unlike you who did not work. Yeah, I'm lying. I didn't watch it. I was watching like uh, – You were watching. You were watching your your – Brown, brown uh, liquor glass for about three hours. I was, to, uh, to be fair, I, I would that. have rather been doing that than talking to yeah, you. Yeah, me too. Well, if to be fair, I had to put together a 400-piece uh, ma- uh, uh, marble run thing, which oh, is like yes. – it was horrible. Yes. It took me three hours, and like it was still wasn't working. It was barely sturdy, uh, just like just like my brain, uh, not really working. Barely yeah, sturdy. Uh, to be and then your kid played yeah. with it for yeah. about five minutes and pushed it to the side and played with the wrapping paper. Correct, Pete. It's hell. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Christmas. Anyway, uh, look, Oakland played well, but I like Kansas City in this spot, knowing that they have to go and beat the Raiders and beat them badly and to win this game big. And if you're up, I, I understand there's some backdoor potential here um, with Oakland, but I think. You're you're going to see Kansas City come out, Mahomes sling the ball everywhere. They want that one seed. They want the home field advantage. They want to make sure the Patriots don't have it. They do not want to go to Foxborough. They do not want to lose this game, mess around and lose this game, and have the Chargers steal the first seed from them and the division title. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes foot to the gas all first half. I think KC first half is a very good bet here as well. But, Nick, you like the Raiders in this spot. Uh, by the way, what, what letter does the word Foxborough Foxborough end with because you just did your North Kakalaki thing there. You can, they don't want to go to Foxborough. 
You can spell. Foxborough. I think you can spell it both ways with a GH or. You can the spell o. it both ways, but it's pronounced the same way. No, it's with an O at the end, not an A. No, Foxborough. it has to, There is no. There is a there is a way to spell it with Fox with an, with an O, not an A. Oh, so they got to go into Foxborough. No, it's Fox B O R O U G H. Yeah, but it's yes. still pronounced Foxborough. Foxborough, correct. Um, you realize this isn't the BCS, right? Like that you go, they they need to beat them badly to get the number one seed. Like people aren't voting on this stuff. Like they could win the, the, three nothing and they they're the number one seed. Sure. Um, Derek Carr's playing good football here. Raiders aren't going to win the game, but this number's way too big. Chiefs defense stinks. Doug Martin looks like turning back the clock, running like it's 2012. I think Oakland covers this number here, and I feel pretty decent about it. And I'm with you on that. And uh, me and RJ had a little conversation before the show about it. RJ's dead set against it. But I, I, I think the Chiefs defense is atrocious. And I think the Raiders will show up and, and, and keep within the number. And, hey, they played them close the last time. RJ thinks they're on vacation already, but uh, I disagree. I think the Raiders show up. The Chiefs defense is atrocious, but it's mainly against the run, you know. And, and they've given up in the in the this four game stretch where they haven't played well. But they had close wins against Oakland and Baltimore, losses to Chargers, and and uh, they've given up 31 points per game, 173.5 rush yards, and and they haven't looked well. But they do need this game, like Brinson said. I do think Oakland is checked out. They, it was a huge win for them at home, and what could be the final. Game in Oakland, you know, on Monday night, and they acted like it. You know, it's Gruden seems like he's he's already going on early vacation. So I think Casey's going to come out and run up the score in the first half, and, and Oakland will pack it in. I don't see why they're going to battle back in the second half. So in, in what's going to be a come down spot. So Casey wins running away in the first half, and then they hold on because their run defense is what's bad, and pass defense is pretty good. Uh, well, the pass defense is okay. They're thirty first in it's, it's thirty first in better. league in and how, yards, but they've been okay against. You know, total per pass play. How many of those games did Eric Berry play? They're average. He he hasn't been very good so far either, though. He's getting his legs back from under him. I mean, he'll be fine. He knows how to organize the defense. It was funny that one game, um, that first game he came back, he played a half, and they played really well in the pass game. And then he took off the second half. You know, they didn't want to play him the full 60 minutes, and they fell apart because guys just didn't know where they needed to be. You know, I I don't remember what the exact play was, but I do know they had that mix-up where a guy was wide open. I think it was the Chargers game. Dude was wide open in the end zone. And that's something that doesn't happen if Eric Berry is No, it was, it was the Mike Williams two-point conversion. Right. That, that is, was a big play. That wasn't that way. He was on the other side of the field. He had nothing to do with that. Three guys, you know, took one receiver and another guy's wide open. And that doesn't happen when the defensive leader's out there, you know, directing traffic in the secondary. So I think they're going to be better in this game. They need to win. He'll play the full 60. And then they'll take, obviously get to take off next week when they're the number one seed. All right. Moving along to the Atlanta Falcons. Pete's got them as a three plus one at Tampa Bay. Got to, got to understand those Falcons are going to keep playing hard. Really got to grind out this big season for them, right, Pete? Well, it's just that I wish they were playing in Foxborough. <laughs> How do you, I mean, Fox Fox Barrow is that better? Like, what do you want me? What do you want me to do? See, that's that's the Brinson family way to pronounce it when you're at the the oyster roast. Shall we traverse up to the Barrow for a bit of a sport? <laughs> Uh, look, the Falcons, the, the Bucks defense is playing better. I just think that the Falcons offense will go in there and throw it around a little bit. Look, these two teams are playing for nothing. Uh, but the Bucks are talking about playing Ryan Griffin in this game, which, come on, give me a break. Uh, so I, I'll take the Falcons and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan's had a great year, by the way, in case anybody's wondering. He's had a really good year. Story of Matt Ryan's life. Great year, nothing to show for it. Um, and I, I agree with you. He's, he's had an excellent season. I think I saw, uh, uh, something on, it was on OptimumScouting.com, but it was basically like Matt Ryan's had the single greatest season by a, on a team that stunk. Like the, the Falcons wasted, this is the, the mo- like the, like the biggest waste of a great season from a quarterback, uh, in NFL history. Well, they got hurt on defense. I mean, it's hard to play defense when you lose a middle. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, he's, he's not banging on Matt Ryan. He's supporting Matt Ryan. No, I'm just talking about the people who say that. The team stinks for a reason. I mean, Matt, I mean, Matt Ryan's completing 69% of his passes with 4,500 passing yards, 33 touchdowns and six interceptions, and, uh, and the Falcons are six and nine. Nice. Nice. Um, very nice. So, 
Yeah, look, if Ryan Griffin plays, I'll change that, and, and you would want to hammer Atlanta in the spot um, if they didn't play Jameis Winston. I, I think they'll just show up with some pride, and I think Atlanta's a little boosted here by playing uh, the, the Cardinals and the Panthers, two teams that are dead in the water the last two weeks and not starting uh, good quarterbacks. So, but again, if they start Ryan Griffin, um, I would flip the other way. I, I have Tampa, I guess, as a two, but I don't feel strongly about it. RJ, um, you and Nick both have Atlanta as a one. Anything you want to add to it? No, that w- I wanted to like Tampa too, and and when I you know did the analysis of the game, if they were going all out, I would have taken Tampa in this spot. But if Cutter's saying that they're going to get a look at Ryan Griffin, that means they're evaluating players instead of trying to win the game. And in that case, I don't I don't want to you know put any money on a team that's not trying to win the game here. So um so yeah, give me Atlanta. It's just, they're just a short favorite, even in Tampa minus one. I think they'll win the game. Yeah, and I and I, yeah. and I will throw this question out very quickly. Um, the, the last year I loved the Bucks if you remember in Week Seventeen against the Saints at home, the Chris Godwin breakout game. The difference there is that they knew Dirk Cutter was coming back, and I don't care what the Bucks are saying. I don't think Cutter and Jason Light are coming back. We know Dan Quinn's coming back. Falcons will play hard. I don't see the Bucks playing especially hard in this game. That's why I lean slightly towards Atlanta. Yeah, I would even. I've got Tampa as a two here, and I might. I'm not going to change it because there's too much work to deal with it. But Atlanta favored by one now out there in the market, which indicates that uh, the Bucks might be packing it in. I, I might. I might bump Atlanta up to like a three if uh, if, uh, if if that is the case, and the Bucks are evaluating. Evaluating players. Okay, that's all of our agree to disagree, which means that we go to segment three. Pete, do you know what segment three is? Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Nothing brings me more joy than Pete doing these uh, each week. Nick, Nick, and I were texting about this. Nick is like, I love that Pete does these, like knows these. Uh, it's it's, yeah. it's really, really, really funny. It's um, great. All right, these are mild disagreement games. I'm the only one taking the New York Jets, and I've got them uh, as a two at plus thirteen and a half. I don't feel great about it. Um, I just think that the Patriots. Unlike, I, I understand that the Patriots are in a similar situation to the Chiefs. They need to win to get that, that, uh, that buy. They desperately need the buy. I think they will win. I don't think that's going to be an issue, but I do think there will be a little bit of a turtle factor here for the Patriots. Let's get Brady out of here healthy. Let's get Gronk out of here healthy. Let's not, let's try and run the ball as much as possible. Slow this game down. Make, make, force Sam Darnold to turn the ball over. Belichick has never lost at home to a first year slash rookie quarterback in his career. They are 0-12 in there. I think New England gets the win, but I would not be surprised at all if, like last week, Sam Darnold found a way to sneak through the back door, Nick. So that's why I will take the Jets as a, like, don't feel great about it, but I'll take the Jets. Yeah, that was fun, by the way, watching Josh Allen for the first three quarters of that game, looking like the worst quarterback of all time, and then morphing it to Joe Montana on the final drive with Zay Jones playing the role of Jerry Rice. Not only did, did my, <laughs> my, my pick get backdoored there of the Patriots minus 13, but I felt like I personally got backdoored by the result of that game. So that, oh, so that was not You fun. know, you know what I got hinging on this, uh, on this, on this, uh, Patriots Jets game, by the way, Nick, you'll like this. Four team teaser. Patriots last week against the Bills won. Patriots this week against the Jets, 12 points per each team. And then Clemson minus one and a half and Bama minus two. Oh, I like that. See, I, I think Oklahoma might beat Alabama. So what are you going to, what are you going to cash for that? Two, uh, three bucks? Nah, yeah, it's like, it's like you pay, basically pay a dollar fifty to cash a dollar. You know what? Uh, you know what? A, a, a lady never kisses and tells, and a gentleman never never says what he bets on games. So, Pete, you shouldn't ask that question ever. Just a little. I didn't for say what he. It doesn't pay anything. Twelve point teaser. All right, you don't yeah, even know what you're talking about teams. because you can bet a lot of money on it and you can win a lot of money on it. Like, so you don't know what you're talking if you about. Bet, if you hypothetically, if you bet one hundred and forty dollars on it, you'd win a hundred. So that's not bad. Um. So yeah, I will. Uh, I will begrudgingly take the Patriots in this spot. Um. Because Todd Bowles is dead man walking and everyone knows it. Patriots have something to play for here. I think the Patriots will blow their doors off. The the backdoor cover potential obviously exists at the end of the game with Darnold, whom, by the way, looks great. Giants drafted Saquon Barkley. Story for another time. Um, so a, a slight a slight lean here towards New England. Yeah, I'll take the Patriots. I don't love them, but uh, I'll, I'll take them. And, uh, by the way, you said they, they'll kind of watch out and get Gronkowski healthy. Are they going to get a time machine and go back four years? What are they, how are they going to get him healthy? Guy's carrying around a piano on his back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he's not, he can't get healthy. They just want to get, they want to, I think they want to get to that bye. Get to the bye, give everybody two weeks to rest and take whatever it is that Tom Brady's, uh, physician, uh, Alex Guerrero gives them to get healthy and then try and make a playoff run with a bye. That's, I think that's what they want. Yeah, for all the talk of New England looks off, you know, they, they haven't played as well this season and this might not be a typical Patriots team. They're ninth in points per drive and eighth in points per drive allowed. 
Um, the defense has allowed 17 or less in four of their last five since the bye. The other was that weird, you know, Miami game that had the, the laterals and, and, you know, Brandon Bolden running for a million yards for some reason. Um, New England's beat everyone but Casey and Houston by 12 plus at home. You know, that includes Buffalo and that game should have been, you know, Nick should have got the cover there, but, but Buffalo came and got that back door. I know Darnold's flashed. This is a tough road. You know, in his last two he's played well, those are both at home. This is a tough road game in New England against a team that needs to win. So uh, I'm laying the points here with New England, but I'm not putting a bunch of, bunch of, uh, units on it or anything. Uh, Pittsburgh minus 14 and a half. I have Pittsburgh as a three on here. You guys all have this game as a one. I think this is a spot where they're, is no pressure on Pittsburgh against a terrible Cincinnati team. I think that the, the, I mean, the Steelers know what their lot is right now. They have to go win and then hope that Baker Mayfield can, can make some magic for him to get in the playoffs. There's also some weird situations where like, uh, the, the Titans and Colts could tie, but that, you know, they're not holding out hope for that. They're, they need Baker Mayfield to help them, but they know that they have to beat the, the Bengals to make it, to make it work, first of all. And so you're going to get a maximum effort from Ben Roethlisberger looking loose out there, slinging the ball around. I don't think they're going to look defeated. I think they're going to try and make one more run, and I like them to win this game by 20 plus points. Uh, I'll take the Bengals just because they've been backdoor kings recently with Jeff Driscoll. Um, a one-point play on this game. Steelers will win, um, but I think the Bengals will cover it. But this is not a game that I'm looking to play. Yeah, I, look, I don't like this game either, but I, if I had to pick it, I'd take uh, the Steelers. Uh, all right, Buffalo, Miami, Pete. You got Getting Buffalo. in RJ's pick. Oh, RJ, sorry. Yeah, Steelers cover. You know, it's it's since he's not going to play for anything. Driscoll's, whatever, whatever. Driscoll's getting worse and worse. He had 202 passing yards in his first game, and it went to 151, 123, 107. I mean, he might if he if they had three more weeks of the season, he might get to negative yards. Uh, the Steelers are three and eight against the spread since 1999 as 14 point favorites or more at home. You know, they just don't know how to cover big spreads. So, um, you know, I, I, that's why it's only a one for me. I would I would trust them more. I do trust like a Seattle and a Kansas City more to cover this week. Pittsburgh, I'm just a little worried about. I love that Pete is texting me. Hurry up! Hurry up! Nobody wants to listen to a long podcast and then chastises me when I hurry up. Buffalo, minus three and a half against Miami, Pete. How did I chastise you for hurrying up? You missed RJ's pick! He's got a 12 in the Steelers. They're all R- RJ is a part of the podcast. I, yes, I'm aware. That's a selfish move in the Nick Costas mold. Thank you, Pete. Buffalo, minus three and a half against Miami, Pete. You got Buffalo as a dose. Look, I think Miami's packed it in. You're going to go want to go play in that, those conditions and that place and freezing cold and Buffalo's still playing hard and Josh Allen ran for over 100 the last time he played. I think he'll do, have another good game here running for about 60. Uh, I'll take the Bills. I don't love it, but I'll take the Bills. Uh, I'm the only one with Miami and it's because it's three and a half and that's probably a sucker bet. Um, just two bad teams. I would, I would take the points, although that weather condition, I'm sure that RJ might have some, some weather factors built into there. I actually don't see, it looks like it's up to four and a half. So I'm getting a little nervous about this. I don't like the Dolphins getting the points if they're bad. Are they bad in these spots, RJ? Yeah, uh, four and ten against the spread in Buffalo since two thousand four, and that's Ooh. no matter when when they play. One and six against the spread over the last seven in Buffalo. They also struggle in freezing temperatures, which you alluded to. Thirty two degrees or less. They're seven and thirteen against the spread all time. Um, Buffalo dominated that first matchup against them. Four hundred fifteen yards to one hundred seventy five yards. It wasn't reflected on the scoreboard. You know, done in by penalties and turnovers. I don't think that's going to happen here with a Miami team that doesn't need to show up and play well because their season ended last week. So, um, yeah, I think Buffalo wins by a healthy margin. All right, um, I don't like my my. Miami pick, but whatever. Philly minus six and a half at Washington. Do, do I do I do I not get? I don't get to pick. <laughs> okay, you got Buffalo. What do you like about Buffalo? Uh, Pete, here my thoughts on the game. Pete are the same as the name of this segment. Say it for us, buddy. Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I just wanted to hear him do it. Go ahead. No, no, that was good. That was good. That was fast too. Uh, Philly, I got them as a three. Um, Pete two and Nick one. RJ has Washington here. I think this is a a clear motivation game, and Philly knows that they have to win to get a shot to get into the playoffs. Uh, they won't know what the outcome of Minnesota is. They have to believe that the Vikings um, and Bears will be involved in a close game. There may be some scoreboard watching, which would be concerning, but I, and as much as I like the Vikings, I don't think they're going to just annihilate the Bears, especially in the first half. And so I like Philly in this spot to come in motivated. Nick Foles winging it all over the place. He's been playing well the last two weeks. It's hard not to get on board with it. And Washington could pack it in pretty easily, uh, as good as Josh Johnson has looked. I like uh, Philly in this spot, RJ. The Eagles' offense has played well, but it's kind of covered up that the defense hasn't looked that well. Um, giving up 300-plus passing yards, I believe, in three straight. I don't trust them, um, even against a bad quarterback in Josh Johnson. Washington played Philly close in Philly when McCoy was hurt early, and they had to get by with Mark Sanchez. It was 14-13 after three quarters. Um, I don't think Josh Johnson and Adrian Peterson are going to say – 
you know, consider this a nothing to play for game. You know, they're playing for their next stop. They're looking to prove their self, themselves to teams. I think they'll both come in and look to have a good game here. I think Philly does likely win. You know, they need it more, obviously. Washington could knock them out of the playoffs, though. In a divisional rival, that means something, you know, at home getting to do that to Philly. So I don't think they're going to make it easy. I think it could be a field goal game either way. I think six and a half is too much to lay for Philly. Yeah, I, I, look, I think the Eagles are the play here just from a motivational standpoint. I don't, I don't know where the Redskins' heads are. Uh, yeah, they played hard the last couple of weeks. I give them that, but uh, I just think there's much more at stake for the Eagles. I'll take Nick Foles, and they'll cover. Yeah, I'll just toss out this word of caution. Um, the Redskins are probably the smarter play in terms of the line when you look at how the line has moved. So I won't bet this game. I won't bet the Eagles, and I like the way RJ gave his analysis of the game. So. So if you're betting money on the game, I think Redskins might actually be a smarter play. But I'm kind of with Will here and Pete on the narrative street part of this year where the Redskins have kind of packed it in and they look bad towards the end of the game last week, obviously, against the Titans and infighting there potentially with with players and coaches, you know, headlined by the DJ Swearinger release. And um, and the Eagles should come out and, and, and should be guns a-blazing here. So I'll begrudgingly take Philly. Um, I think I, I put a one next to it, and yep. I will not bet this game with my own money. Uh, I've got the Chargers minus six and a half. Uh, as a three for the same reason, I think that Denver has completely packed it in. You saw that against the um, against the Raiders on on Christmas Eve. They know their coach is getting fired. He would have been fired, I believe, after that Raiders game were it not on Christmas Eve, and that would mean firing Vance Joseph on Christmas, which is just a bad PR spin. He is getting fired after this game. The Chargers are motivated, knowing that they at least have a shot to go in there and, and whip up on the Broncos, mess with a uh, mess with a division rival, beat them up bad, and potentially clinch the one seed. I don't think you'll see Anthony Lynn sit a bunch of guys. So I like the Chargers here in a big spot, RJ. Yeah, I like that that you consider that the Chargers will go all out knowing that they could get the one seed and move up, but the Bears won't go all out because they can't, you know, it's unlikely to do it. So don't mess don't, with my, don't mess with my conflicting narratives. <laughs> don't. <laughs> So if you do like the Chargers played in the first half, you know, the, when they'll have max motivation and if it gets to halftime and the Chiefs are blowing out the Raiders, like I think will happen, you know, maybe they just pack it in and it becomes a low scoring game where Denver's pasty play, you know, continues to play well. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know. I, if it was week 14, you know, maybe I would lay the points with the Chargers, but week 17, weird things can happen. I don't want to lay this many points on the road. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll lay it with the Chargers here, um, but I won't bet the game. What I'm looking for is to see what Royce Freeman does in the future role with Philip Lindsay out, mostly because I've got Royce Freeman in a couple dynasty leagues. So let's see what the Broncos have got with the guy that they thought was going to be their bell cow back to start the year. And I uh, would like to, and I'm also curious to see Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Deshaun Hamilton because the Broncos, for as bad as they've been this season, if they get the right coach in next year and they find a quarterback, this is a team that could be in the playoffs as early as next year if these young offensive players can can uh, can develop the way that we think that they can. So that's what I'm looking for on Sunday. Yeah, and I'll take the Chargers as well. I don't love them. Uh, I just think that this is a situation where one team much more motivated than the other. Uh, Vance Joseph out the door. I'll take the Chargers. All right, quick break, and then we'll be back to hit the losers. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, Pete, last segment. Next, next to last segment, we have our exotic teasers. Let's move quickly through these. These are ones we all agree on, and they are called... Losers! 
There he is. All right, first up, the New York Giants. RJ, explain to me. We're going to have one person's going to explain these. RJ's going to explain this one. You've got the Giants as a three laying six, minus six and a half against the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to explain most of them because I'm the strongest on these. Uh, yeah, Dallas lost 27-13 in this situation two years ago. Dak played two <laughs> series. There was no Zeke. He had one target each for Witten and, and Dez. Um, so play, playoff teams that rest their starters like that in Week 17 and our dogs have at least six-plus or four and seven against the spread since 2007. I know it's not a huge sample size, but the teams that cover in that situation play starters for a, half, for a whole half, which I don't know that the Cowboys will, or they have quality backups. You know, when you get like a, uh, a, a player there that uh, – that has some experience. You know, Doug Flutie did it, I think, back for the Chargers way back. Um, I don't. That's not the case here with Cooper Rush. So if Dallas sticks to the previous plan, Dak only plays a little bit. I don't see Dallas covering it all here. Yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. Uh, I've got Seattle as a three. RJ does two. Nick. Uh, by the way, we all again we all have the same picks. We're moving quickly on these because we know that. Uh, if you have something strong, Nick or Pete, by all means, jump in. I can't see you, so you can't wave your hand. I like Seattle minus thirteen and a half against Arizona. Um, you know, even though Seattle really can't uh, move their seating too much, they would need to lose and have the Vikings win. And I am a little worried that Pete Carroll will pull guys like J.R. Sweezy, who got banged up last week. And if you a bunch of your offensive linemen are out, then maybe you get Russell Wilson out of there. I just think that Arizona is such a lousy, poorly coached team that knows it's dead, that knows the season is over, that it can lose by 14 points to anybody in the NFL. And I cannot possibly back Arizona against any number against any team right now is basically how it works. Seattle's also lost three straight at home to Arizona. So this is a revenge spot. They're not going to you know, play this game not to win. They're going to want to get a win against Arizona in their house. Uh, all right, RJ, explain to me, or Nick, you explain to me why you like the Colts minus three at Tennessee. Um, because the Colts have the best head coach, the better head coach, and the Colts have the better quarterback. I don't care who starts a quarterback for Tennessee. Um, it could be Kerry Collins, it could be Billy, Billy Volek, um, Marcus Mariota, Blaine Gabbert doesn't really make a difference. No matter who plays a quarterback for, for the Titans, I like the Colts to win this game. Now, I will say, as far as like bets are concerned, I probably won't lay the three if that's what the line ends up being. If Mariota plays, I'll play the Colts on the money line to give myself more of an out. So, I do like the Colts in this spot, but when I actually bet it i will likely not bet the spread i will bet the colts to win the game outright all right and finally pete tell me why you like the rams minus 10 against the 49ers you know the more i think I, I, when i first did this pick i liked it a lot more the more i oh, think send about it to it. someone else then we can't listen to him hem and haw about this what are you the podcast get the He's hell out of here we had a conversation about let rj explain it yeah, playoff teams, you know, ten, that are <laughs> ten plus home faves versus non-playoff teams are seventeen and eight against the spread since week seventeen. So you get these huge double-digit favorites against teams that don't have anything to play for. They they tend to cover. So that's kind of the reason why I went with the Rams. Great analysis, Pete. Um, okay, you're a newcomer. You're the new kid on the block. I know what you're talking about. All right, let's whatever, get, whatever, whatever. Let's get exotic and let's do it quick so we can get out of here in under an hour. Uh, first of all, though, our top five picks of the week: the Rams. Clearly, <laughs> we've talked about the last. Uh, we have a consent. These are just the consensus ones: Rams minus ten, Colts minus three. I like the Rams, by the way, just because San Francisco. Uh, the Rams want to try and get that buy, and they know they need it. Seattle minus thirteen and a half, Giants minus six and a half, Saints minus eight and a half. I'll tell you what you do: it's your money line parlay those five. Teams. But instead, my exotic um, last week, I went two and two on a money line parlay. Mm. Had the uh, Seahawks and the Raiders should have hit that. The Jets could have won, and the uh, the Washington Redskins are trash. So that thing was dead on Saturday. How fun! Uh, here's my money line parlay, and I'm not taking dogs this week. I'm actually going to take four favorites. Uh, 25 to win $60. I'm going to take the New York Giants minus 260, the Baltimore Ravens minus 250, the Minnesota Vikings minus 215, and the Rams minus 480. Take those teams to win outright, uh, and I think that you get a nice little payout there, and I think the motivation factor works for all of those teams. Any thoughts on that parlay, RJ? Uh, I don't like Minnesota. I think the Bears could show up in that game and win, so that that would be the one that – that uh, worries me. So if you and you know you could all, always see the Browns get an upset in Baltimore. I think Baltimore wins and covers, but you know Cleveland will be going all out in that game. So a little bit dangerous for me. Okay. Um, my teaser of the week one last week Dallas and Houston. I'm 12 and four on teasers of the week in my column that comes out every Thursday. This week I went with Houston minus a half point against the Jaguars and the Giants minus a half point against the Cowboys. I think fairly easy that both teams are going to win there. I know the, these other two guys on the podcast like the Jaguars a little bit. And then if you want to go a little bit more, this money line parlay will pay off plus 250 or so. 
Um, it's a lot of the heavy favorites. You know, you get the Giants. I think, like I said, they're going to win. Uh, the Saints, Patriots, Chiefs, Steelers, Seahawks, and Rams. You know, all those heavy favorites. I think they're all winning. You're not going to get a huge payout on it, but plus 250 is better than minus 110, so why not? And I'm going to give you a real long shot. I'm going to give you a money line parlay. Oh, yeah. Jacksonville. 100% in this, yeah. Jacksonville, Cleveland, and I'm going to go with the Giants. So you got to, there's my money line parlay. What's that pay, Brinson? I'm about to tell you Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Cleveland Browns would give you, wow, that pays 14 to 1. So you bet twenty five, you win three hundred and fifty dollars. That's a spicy little. That would if that Pete, if you're right and that happens, it is going to be. And I, I've got a piece up on CBSSports.com right now where I break down every single team and what has to happen for them to land in every single possible seed. The AFC, if if the Jaguars and the Browns win, it is going to be utter chaos in the AFC. Uh, so I would uh, hopefully Pete could be right about that one. I like chaos. Yeah, love chaos. And I'm going to narrative treat the, the hell out of this bay here. And I'm going to take the uh, tease, the Cleveland Browns against the Ravens. We're going to tease the Minnesota Vikings against the Bears and then Sunday night football. And then I'll play the Colts on the money line as well. Tease the Indianapolis Colts. So get, get a situation there to maybe win both of those there, both the teaser and the money line bet. So Colts. Browns, Vikings for my exotic three-team teaser. I like it. That's some good stuff, guys. This has been a fun podcast, and the good news is we won't be st- we won't stop making picks once the playoffs are here. In fact, the playoffs make it more exciting to pick games, and uh, and you can actually uh, join. We're gonna have a pick 'em podcast league, I believe. Go to cbssports.com/slash/pick six, and you can sign up for that. More details to come next week. Uh, but you can compete against experts like myself, RJ, and even Nick and Pete. We might convince to uh, to join the podcast league. I know Nick will do it. Pete's a little gun shy about joining these leagues. He doesn't like to be exposed publicly. Because well, he, he can't operate a, yeah. a computer. That's why. That's, what know. are you talking about? Pete, was I, I own Chinese? you, Nick Costas, in the game of life. All right. On that note, we're out of here. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And uh, we will see you guys before the new year. Of course, we'll have a Sunday recap up uh, on New Year's Eve. In the meantime, thanks as always, and uh, good luck this weekend.